And right now, uh, we are going to experience a wow moment uh, with uh, Mr. Billy Siligani, uh, whom I, I know that uh, by now he masters the art of uh, just uh, <laughs> being pinched with time, but it ensures that he gets all that he needs to get as he gives us uh, the wow moment. And talking about the wealth code, good afternoon and welcome, Mr. Siligani. Good afternoon, Chriselda, and good afternoon to your listeners. And once again, I'm sure you envy me, but it's okay. It's a conversation hey, for another day. You go to Canada, you go to America, you go to Nelson, <laughs> to the you don't take me with you. <laughs> when Next I grow time. up as well, I'll be traveling like you. <laughs> uh, please take it away. We have about six <laughs> minutes to hear this very important message. All right. So I'm going to be talking about what I call the wealth code within a social construct. And, and the basis of this, I'm saying wealth creation is not an individual pursuit. You can't create wealth on your own. And it's based on my very intimate study of the Jewish nation. Now, I'll give you facts. You know, the Jewish people make up 1.4% of the global population. Mm-hmm. And yet, 25% of the world's billionaires. Over 26% of the people that have received Nobel Prizes are Jewish. Over 25% of the world's patents are in Israel. The three top companies in the world are owned by Jewish people, Google, Dell, and Facebook. So therefore, there is something that they do that they know that most of us do not know. So there are three things that they do exceptionally well. The first one is identity, secondly, community, and thirdly, self-sufficiency. Now, when it comes to identity, when you're part of a society, you cannot be able to build generational wealth unless this society has certain beliefs about who they are. And if you look at uh, the, the, the growth of, of wealth within these communities based on the fact that they've got a very powerful belief system that says whatever they do will become successful no matter how long it takes. So the first one is getting to this identity space where as a community or a society you identify with certain values and certain beliefs. The second one is around the community they do three very powerful things. The first thing they create what they call trust societies. And what do I mean by trust societies? That in any Jewish community when a dollar enters that community, it circulates about nine times before it leaves because they trust each other with services. You go to a Jewish dentist, a Jewish accountant, a Jewish uh, car dealer, you know, and because they have created this society where they trust each other. Secondly, they create mentorship within their communities. So, you know, dentists will mentor young dentists, you know, accountants will mentor young accountants because they're creating a society and a community that becomes self-sufficient. And thirdly, they create a very powerful value chain. From beginning to the end of the value chain, hence the circulation of the dollar goes about nine times. The third thing that they do is to be self-sufficient. That's why you go to the U.S. and find a Jewish community, you go to London and find a Jewish community, but that Jewish community, no matter how small it is, it plays a very powerful and significant role in the economy of that country or that community. So as far as self-sufficiency is concerned, they do three things very well. The first thing that they do is they are exceptionally disciplined. When it's time for them to go to prayer to the shul, they go and switch off everything. So there's a sense of high discipline. The second is they don't do things in half measures. They consistently look for excellence. If you look at Google, you look at Dell, you look at Facebook, all of these businesses are run by people that think and operate at the highest level. And lastly, they create a sense of dependability amongst each other. That's why they are able to build such powerful wealth creation mechanisms that don't only last in one generation, but that can be move from one generation to the other because they are one of the few communities in the world where you can trace wealth from one generation to the other because they've made it part of their DNA to create these processes so that their wealth is within the social construct and therefore does not impact this generation only, but four or five generations from now will still share the benefits 
of wealth which was created in this generation. Sure. Yeah, you left me wowed there. (laughs) You challenged me to just look at myself and what it is that we're doing between the families of Wakananda and Tutumash uh, in in the wealth code. What role we play. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us, Mr. Slicker. And I guess uh, you can just uh, give us your website uh, right now and we appreciate you. It's com and on Facebook it's just Bilisilegane. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. Silicon. reminding me of a story um, about a man who was so committed um, to his traditional practices and religion um, that uh, there was a customer at the door wanting to buy uh, for 70000 and he had to go for a prayer break and he chose to go for a prayer break. That's when you know who your source is. And thank you so much uh, for that. Uh, let's pay the bills and when we come back. Nalibali.